My name is Peter Galt, the host and creator of Civil Tension, and here with me is co-host Ken Nicholson and co-host Daniel Alexander Gilman and and Bill Hassig. And would you like to have one? Okay, great. And uh, why don't we just go ahead and continue on with the conversation? So basically, we're talking about last week. We're talking about aspects of will. We have a uh, lady here that uh, is about. Uh, helping children in high schools about identifying what the tasks that they need to accomplish as they go up into the world and either contribute or take from it. And so we're discussing concepts about what, uh, how their will is determined. And she had made a comment. Well, actually, I'll just let you make the comment. Can you just tell us about what you said regarding eight-year-olds? Danny got here late. This is Lisa. 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 Dan. Oh, hi. Okay. Um, well, I'm a hypnotherapist and. Part of how we develop our subconscious brain is that from zero to eight, we are a human sponge and we're absorbing around us what we consider positive, negative, um, good, bad, and we're making those determinations. And at about eight years old, we develop our um, filter and our, our critical mind and it filters into our conscious mind. Our conscious mind is what we think with now and screws us up. But our subconscious is those mind talks and those chatters. Even though you want to accomplish a goal and you're excited about it, all of a sudden that little voice comes in and says, I'll never do it, or such and such bad is going to happen. And that tends to filter in from our subconscious mind. And what I've discovered in, in my personal experience is that we have too many children that aren't being exposed to opportunity to make those decisions or to absorb something different than their own home environment. Um, when they're very young, so their decisions are being based on a very limited scale. Therefore, a lot of poor choices are being made out of lack of ability to know there's something different. It's all they ever knew. It's all they were ever exposed to. And I have a belief that we need to expose them more, um, allow them. Don't force them. We can't lecture them and force them. It's not going to happen. Um, but allow them to see there are other choices and then make a conscious decision as to what they want to do with that opportunity. It, it is incredibly incredibly difficult not quite impossible but incredibly difficult to change someone's beliefs absolutely so if they've developed those between those ages again that's a, a you know you learn how to act and react by watching other people around you and your parents especially I mean because when you grow up all of a sudden you run into things and this this is an experience I had where I unfortunately had a partner at the, at the time that his wife got in a car accident and one of his children was thrown from the car and killed had to go to that funeral I had no idea how to act. I was an adult, you know. I was probably uh, in my late twenties, early thirties, uh, and I had no idea because I had never had that experience, Correct. right? But it was incredibly sad, and that person kept the my friend kept wanting me to come up and say something, and I couldn't. I couldn't even open my. I couldn't even move. I just had no idea because I'd never learned that experience, how to react to something like that. Well, as, as well is that our society also tends to teach us that emotion is weak, that emotion isn't something we should express, that feeling feeling something is, yeah. <laughs> is a negative yeah, thing. That. That's so, hilarious right. because the, the exact opposite is what's going on in this in the society. I From your view. It's, it's it's a, no, you yeah. look at it's opinion now. You read the newspapers. Right. Just look at the, look at the TV. I'm talking about empathetic that, emotion. That I disagree with no. that at all. That's why it's people all are about opinion. That's if we were allowed to express and feel our emotions, we wouldn't have so many people medicating it with alcohol. We wouldn't have so many people medicating it with drugs. We wouldn't have so many people on antidepressants. And, and, and um, so anti-anxiety medications. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a matter that, in my in my experience, it would be that it's a matter that you also had never been shown an example because it's not 
of expressing the tears or the hug or the empathy that you were feeling, but you didn't know how to express it because that's it's not something that's a normal thing. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mike, the second question is you made, you made a comment earlier that, that you that. Called, called it helicopter children or, no, she did. or latch, I don't use that latch word. key children. Okay. I so didn't that. Was that, that, that was early. used okay. earlier, yeah. Right. Terms were used. Is there anything in between? What's between? I don't use those terms, and those aren't the kids that I'm referring to. Well, what, well is there something between this? There, would, there, there could be. I mean, there's the parent that does both. When I raised my daughters, um, I was widowed when my daughters were this 12 and 17, yeah. and I still had to work. Um, even when my children were younger, I worked. I chose to do three 12-hour shifts a week so that they were in, in another home very limited, and it was exhausting. And I was tired, especially when they were babies, but I chose to do that. So there's always an in-between if we look for it. But some situations, because of financial reasons or, or whatever it may be, may not have that option. I mean, that's the other problem is that being a, a single parent now is very, very difficult. Um, because even people with two incomes right now are struggling to maintain any kind of a reasonable household. And if you end up saying, okay, well, I'd rather spend more time at home with my kids, but in order to do that, I have to live in this area. As soon as your kids are in that area, they're condemned too. So, so where people, do you win? Do people, you know, so people often talk about uh, I'm, you know, balance of life. There isn't a balance any. between life and <laughs> Not anymore. Oh, yes, no, there is. There's, there's no such thing. Correct. I would agree. Yes. That's it. It's life. There's life, there's choices, and you have to determine what you can live with, what you can't live with, and what, what makes you most comfortable and do the best you can. Well, I, how do you do that determination? I tell clients to do that in the moment, every moment of every day, you can only make the best decision you have with the with the information you have at hand in that, exactly. in that second. And that's so it. When, that's the so, best you so can do. So when my sisters got into their early 40s and started blaming my parents for all the problems they have in their life, um, and then my father would come to me and go, do you feel that way? He go, look. I, I said that his exact words. You did the best you could with what you had at the time. That's the way I look at it. But what what happens to those like I had a I have a nephew who I have probably have not seen now in very I would say at least twenty years on his choice, not mine. But uh, his father the reason he changed and he was he changed uh, he was he was a, a really good kid up until the time he was about I would say maybe 14 or 15, okay? And the, the reason that he changed was he found out that he was, he was conceived prior to the, his parents being married. And he, and he never made that forgiveness. He never gave that forgiveness to his parents that, that he, he was actually born or, or conceived out of wedlock. He's a bastard. Well, that's so. That's right. He is. But so he yeah. he took that label in onto himself. Onto yeah. himself, and then, he, and then he blamed everybody yeah. else. So he stayed away from his parents. He well, he had an excuse. Parents. Well, but, but that's, that's all that is. But yeah, but now he's a professional student. I was not a planned child. You know, I mean, my, you were an accident. My, my two sisters are <laughs> six and eight years older than me, so it was like, oopsie, and. I wasn't informed of that until later in life, but it made no difference. Like, you know, Do you feel you were treated differently? Or no, I mean, no, no, I didn't, it didn't, no. It, but that's just, that's an excuse. So either you're, either you're I'm going to switch back to what the topic is. So I, so I don't have, <laughs> that's against the rules, Dan. You can't, can't do that. So either, either you're not motivated or not expressing, or you're doing the best you can with the tools you have. But, Which is it? But that is motivated and expressing to the person who doesn't know anymore. That's my point is that we need to expose them. So if you, that's so all they the know in that, that moment. So the we do the best with the tools we have means what? What does that mean? 
that in that moment they have choices. My problem is, is they don't have enough choices. They're not exposed to it. <clears throat> what you're saying is the problem is they don't. I'm not going to. They're not aware of their choices. Correct. They're not. You're going to make them aware of their choices. I. My passion is to help expose them to new choices. That's yes. great. I think that's kind of, I think it's just phenomenal. That, but but I got some problems with this. So uh, with what? Well, I have some problems on a couple of levels. One, I hear a lot of genetic talk going on here. I don't like that. So when we talk about the idea or societal model talk, we talk about the idea of a child Did you becoming... Hear any genetic talk going by? It's because I reference to what the psychologists have told the kids about their DNA would make them more susceptible to addiction. Oh, I didn't... Ooh, right. excuse me. You I didn't hear that. Kid, right. I didn't say it, but apparently that's me okay. now, so go ahead. Now that I have screwed you whoa, over. Whoa, whoa, I'm not attacking you at all. We're talking about a topic here. That's yeah, right. Nothing None of this is personal. Right. Right. If I'm going to attack him, I'm going to attack him because he's really easy to attack. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve it. I just pointed at Ken, by the way. We're just yeah. experiencing yeah. simple tension. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, so, the, so, you know, okay, I've read these studies, uh, the idea about the sponge kid at aid and this research that's been done behind it and there's some truth about the idea of, of, of how children are more susceptible to other ideas very young because they don't already have in place other ones that will counter it as they grow older. Your example of the, of the going to the funeral and that you had no experience of it, well, certainly you've had experience in many situations like this at your age, but there are other things that were holding you back in that particular situation and you, that made you feel uncomfortable. So I want to make something. I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the idea of what we're talking about here. So I, so I want to say something that I have studied, and that is that as early as 18 months, they know that children have the ability of moral decision. So the idea that a child is brought up tabula rasa, meaning that there's nothing in place for them to deal with, and that they have to absorb everything from sociological hierarchies, such as parents, is just completely false. Now, that is a way that they do it. That's true. But to say that that's the only way is not true. I didn't say it was just from their parents. I said you're a sponge to your environment, Why your you parents, and everything. I'm environment. attacking you. I'm not, no, say, I'm just, I'm but, not going after but your But I'm not going to have misinformation that I said repeated. Okay. I did not say that. I said you're a human sponge to everything around you, your environment, the relationships, the people, the everything. That was my... Well, by the time you're two, you're already understanding how to control your parents. That's your discussion. I have been. Right? No, but I mean, you, you yeah, understand they, they they understand within a month old or even inside of that. Yeah, because you know, if you cry and a parent comes running, right? I, I Absolutely. Got, I but that's a skill, right. That's a skill learned based on your environment, your situation, and the reaction yeah. to it. Exactly. Is it? Absolutely. I, I would it's say a, it, it's a skill learned. Well, it's a developed. Yes, it's developed. You don't think based. that the child has already has this innately put in, and it is a defense. The minute method. they're out of the vagina, no, I don't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I exactly. Don't. I'm saying before it comes out of the vagina. No, no I'm saying that neonatals. I'm saying that the idea of it is that they are that, that human beings are already built, born with a moralistic aspect and an understanding about what services and ruling. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I know you don't. <laughs> I, 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 but that's, I, but that's okay. I believe they're born with the potential and, and the will. Yes. But ah, I do not believe that will. they're born with that. So well so will that not ability. be developed. I'm sorry, repeat what you said? The will is not developed. It is already innate. It's already there. It's born with will. Right, I said yes. they're born with the yeah. will. But right. they don't. But they have to then take what they've got to learn from what to do with that. I, don't, I, don't I may have that. the will to be a on, supermodel, but it doesn't mean I'm going to be able to go do it. So <laughs> She wasn't here last week. Take it even easier. <laughs> Yeah. I don't, why, know, what was last week? Deep breath. I don't, breath. Know, I don't know what here last week means. We talked about the, the origin or the, or we, oh, the, the okay. definition of self-will. Okay. The topic was, is the power of will genetic? 
uh, which I, I don't agree that it is. Um, I agree that we'll exist. I, I believe myself that we'll exist. Some people that were here last week believe, no, it is more genetic. Or there's a genetic propensity uh, to actually apply or initiate will or use it. So that's a very, very brief, tiny well, and I guess, that, yeah, see, we can get into that because will of but, what? Will to live? Will to, so if you, well, will, will of what? Well, so the idea of will is the fact that that human beings can make choices and change things that are around us mm-hmm. to a degree mm-hmm. and that we are not slave to a causality chain of reaction. So and as an example, this is a slave to it. So when I drop that, there's no choice, there's no will, it falls, right. that, and that's what it does. <laughs> It now, feelings. Now, I represent those clients. Now, <laughs> now humans, uh, we have will. What is will? Well, I mean, there's a there's a lot of definitions of what. It but that's exactly what I was saying. A will to what? Will to live? Will to eat? Will to thrive? All will those to be successful? Are aspects will to... of will. Correct. Okay, so the, we can say that will is really not really definable. Correct. But we can say what it's not. We can say that what what uh, we can point to a thing that, that we know does not have will, and we can argue about why it doesn't have will. So and and by that argument we can define it, but really when it breaks itself down into it is it's this idea about breaking causality chain. It's, it's the whole concept of it is that we are not bound to a circumstance. That's correct. Now in the argument about not yours, I want to make sure that you know that I'm not attacking you. <laughs> in the argument he's that, attacking you, Lisa. He's attacking you. In the argument that, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. I did it to you again. Oh, oh, you're cool. cool. This is what we do here. You're next. In the argument, the states that it's the parents that share a burden or, have, or share a, an outweighed burden of how a child is going to develop, to, to me, is counteractive <coughs> or, or counterintuitive about the idea of well. Now we can make this. We can make the, the conversation about well, people live in a culture and they behave away because it's culturally bound. You can say that, right? So we can talk about reactions, and so the idea about people having money, I heard that bantered about that money's turned to success, that's a cultural aspect. Mm-hmm. Is it really true? We talk about the idea of success, what are we really saying about success? We're saying that they made right choices, is that the argument? Is that really what's happening? So we talk about the idea of someone to, to be able to make choice, then we're going to have to introduce the concept of what will is. And if we're going to start saying that how good or bad these choices are, we're going to have to start talking about good or bad for what? So ultimately, in a child, we always talk it's good or bad for the child. But really what we're saying is that it's good or bad for the society, which that child's going to grow up in. Oh, well said. Because at some point, they're going to they're be either a weapon or they're going to be a tool. Right. Right? So that's the, and that's the concept of it. Okay. I, I, I believe that children, before they're born, become the sponge thing. I think they learn to... to uh, to like things that make them feel comfortable, make that feel good. I think they, when they touch a hot stove, or mom's listening to somebody scream at her, and I'm Correct. still not born yet, right? Kid's not liking that. Kid's not digging that, right? And reacts to it and remembers it. And by the time they're two, you are on the money, Bill. They're already running our show, yeah. right? And they have learned to do that because. They, they are learning machines. They, they are born with the skill. What do you do with them when they are 14 and, and quote, Never unmotivated, unquote? And I, I got it. Well, I said they are motivated. They're just not all motivated to do something that's going to provide a life that they In the process want. of your therapy, I would, and this is not Lisa, this is your profession. Okay. Okay. 
Do you ever ask them how they define success? Yes, that's why I do that with them and say, what do you want to be when you grow up? What's it, what, what would be successful well, to you? Well, that could be a totally and different and thing. I, and I work it backwards. But to a teenager, it could be a different thing. But to an adult, it might be a different thing. But to a teenager, what do they see as success in that moment? They want to know what they're going to be, what they grow up, what their title going to be, how important are they going to be. They want to be the YouTuber, okay. the, the whatever. So that's why I start with that aspect, because you have to give them something to meet them at their level as to what is value to them in that moment. There's very few teenagers that say, oh, well, my great. value is what my heart will feel like and and what I'll do for my so, community. How many teenagers do you run into that are there? So you have to right. meet them at their level to start that. Okay, let's stop right there for a second. Because when you talk to somebody about what do you want to be when you grow up, I, oh, I hate, I really hate that question. I can't stand well, it. Because you're a grown-up. Here's why I hate that question. That was asked of me. When I was very, I remember it very, very well. I was very small, but I mean, maybe maybe five or four, five or six, somewhere right in there. You were never my grand, my, well, <laughs> maybe not mentally, but I was there and, and biologically. My grandfather, my my dad, my mom's father, asked me that. What do you want to be when you grow up? And without missing a beat, I looked up at him. I remember looking up at him, smiling. I said, "Happy," and he said. No, that's the wrong answer. Ooh, that guy. And I remember looking at him and thinking, that answer. <laughs> and thinking, no, it's no, that's right. It's right. And and I took <laughs> off and went and just did my thing. So when when we're asking kids, what do you want to be? And and yeah, you know, Dan said, hey, the funny thing is, is because the adults are still trying to figure it out and they're looking for suggestions, um, which in many cases that might actually be true. True, right? Uh, but. I, what bothers me about that question is you are asking a child or a kid or you know a teen or young adult, you're asking them to create a label, an identity around an activity <coughs> or around because the, the word well, be the, the word be is that that word is to be is to exist. To but but you're speaking on a level of a mature adult that came from a loving household. We're not talking about a a level of a child who's not in a loving environment, whose only thought is how do I get out of here and what do I do, and they're making every wrong choice to get anywhere besides exactly where they're at and repeat that environment. So it's meeting the kids at at their own level. So their only thought is I'm going to be the millionaire YouTuber. I'm going to be unfortunately like the one kid, the Mexican drug lord. I'm going to be the whatever. And when you can sit and break that down and show them what that means at their level, then they can see what I'm doing isn't taking me there. As a child, and, and and all the way up even into college, can you possibly? You don't even know ninety percent of what options are available. Out but again, you're talking about a different group something. of children. You're talking about children that even have college in their head as an opportunity. You go to college, and the first thing I ask you is, "What's your major?" And I'm like, "I don't know. What do you got?" Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm you know right, but again, I'm a, show me the money. <laughs> but again, you're talking about a different. You were talking about a different group of children. You're talking about children that are exposed or, and have or, challenge or, even as an op, an opportunity or an option. I'm talking about I deal with kids that don't feel like they have any other choice than to be exactly where they are forever. Why is it different? Why is it different? Yeah, because you're, they, you're isolating a, a group and you're saying that well they they, they grew up in a bad household. 
I didn't, didn't say bad support, household. You didn't have I supportive said, parents. Yeah, you are saying. That. I didn't say you're you're interpreting it. No, as no, no. Then then use your own words. But but it's because you what parent? What is the type of parent that you're if dealing you, with? If I get to finish a whole sentence, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> One for Lisa. Because what I'm talking about the difference is, is children who are told college is an option and college is out there, and you are good enough to do that if you choose. I'm talking about kids who are never told that. Well, I, I and I know plenty of kids that option, but look at look at our society today. Now we have a situation where nobody wants to go into into plumbing and electrical and 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 right. That's doing rapidly. you know right. And they the, now they're offering free school to kids in to order get them to in go the into trades, right. get them into these trades right. and stuff like that. And, and by kids, all kids have choices. All kids have choices. They make their choices. And whether or not their parents say they can go to college or, 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 or trade school or... I'm not or, saying they don't make they choices. I'm saying that I, there's, there is a select group of children that aren't exposed and that to is, what those choices are. That, that is, is the point. group of children that you're focused on yes. professionally yes. because those are the people in the deepest trouble. It's there's group, by, yes. you know, <laughs> Understood, right? But, but we're also talking about what we think is right and wrong and... and I don't know that we can do that. I, I I totally agree with Bill that there's an awful lot of stuff that people politically and socially say, oh, this kid is so so deprived, so put upon, right? And I call it an excuse. I'm with you on that. There are kids that grow up aware of the fact that they can learn, and there are kids that just kind of give in to what's around them. And, 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 well, then you get back to the will thing, too. It's like, you know, exactly. do, you, do you have the drive to make the change? Right. You know, and, and, and even though you may not have the knowledge or, or, you know, but I'm saying you always have that ability. It's just you got to find it inside you. Well, or because first, and then you got to find it outside you. And we've also, and my experience has been is that we also have become very labeling. Um, we talked about some oh, of the yeah. labels yesterday. This child I was talking referring to earlier that was 13 and had all these issues, I did go to some of their counseling sessions. And within their file, there was, I don't remember the exact number, so I'm guessing there was between 7 and 10 different mental illness labels attached to this child. And he knew them all, and that's what made me sad. Um, if you're going to choose to label because of insurance purposes or whatever, but now... Schools do that in order to... Exactly, exactly. And, and now... There's another area of defeat, you know. So when things are difficult, it is kind of told to them. But you have all these things wrong with I, you. So therefore, they tried to do that with my daughter, and I think it was first, second grade, and they tried to label her uh, ADD, ADHD, right. or whatever. And right. and I did my homework and research, and I went up in front of the school board, and I said, like hell. You're not doing it because you have no idea what you're talking about. And I would ask them all kinds of questions, and they wouldn't have a clue. And I said, so you want me to take my daughter to a doctor and check to see if she's ADHD? And I said, that doctor is going to look at me and say, what do you want me to say? And that's exactly what happened. Because he's like, I can't tell. She's too young. We don't know. And, and, and so I went back and I, and I went to this committee and I said, there is no chance in hell you're going to label my child and start putting her into these programs because that is going to crush her. That would crush her and everybody, the way she look, the, the way they look at her, all of her peers and the, and the kids in the school, it would change that and that would crush right. her. 
And, and I fought very, very hard and said, there's no chance in hell I'm a let, allowing well you done. to do this. I will did fight you me. win? I'm just curious. I won. Did, did you win? Good. Yes, I did. I, I, I spent... And my daughter went straight A's after that. Good for you. I spent a, a, a lot of years <coughs> helping a girl get mainstreamed after her mom lost that fight. And I indeed really didn't know that it should be fought. Uh, and it, it just... Because I saw where everybody else saw some sort of aberrance in her behavior, I saw talent, mm-hmm. and I, a whole bunch of people agreeing with me. And, you know, uh, very few really talented people come across as normal, and I don't. And I don't know what normal is anyway, right? I don't right. know that it's a good place right. to be. You know, I believe I believe in Peter's definition of happiness at five years old. Well, you see somebody is, who's that's super success. happy, and you look at him and go, what's wrong with that person? They're happy all the time. <laughs> they <laughs> must be on something. What is your problem? Right? I want <laughs> someone what you make got. those kinds of comments. <laughs> right. Let's play two today. You know? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> 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 Why not? <laughs> but and that for me, you know. In fact, when Lisa and I were talking yesterday, I, I do actually rein myself in a lot, especially when I'm out with my wife, because I my <laughs> natural tendency <laughs> is to play too. I uh, the older I've gotten, the the younger I've become mentally, and and I think it's just because. The older I've gotten, the more comfortable I am with myself, with who I am. And I, I don't, I just, and I kind of enjoy it. And it's, there's an element of that to where it does make life, internally, it makes life easier when I just, you know, hey, I want to go look at that thing. I'm going to push that button. I'm going to see what that does. And because you, know, she she knows if we're going out and shopping and it's Halloween time and you got all those things on the shelf that have buttons that when you push them they start doing stuff. That's you. She'll she'll go. Okay, I'm going over here. You I go look at the Halloween stuff. I'll go over there. I'm pushing <laughs> every single button I can find. <laughs> And, and by the time I, I'm at the end of it, that whole aisle is making noise and doing stuff. And I'm as happy as I can be. <laughs> I'm waiting for one of those one of those stuffed animals to stop. You know, when you push that button, they stop but, buttoning. <laughs> but yeah. but with regard really to that. There is Are you surprised? a bit of there a bit of there is an amount of self-awareness there, but I think that's come with I, I want to say that's come with age. I don't know. I think you're still maybe, crying out for attention. You know, maybe <laughs> we're here for you, Pete. We're good. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I had an, an abundance of attention as a child, as a small child. A lot um, of people's actions and reactions are based I, I on, don't know. on wanting attention. What do you want to do when you grow up? So I'm doing it. I'm I'm talking right now. Uh, you know, doing the shows, the radio so stuff. Oh, I, yeah, they're forced to listen. I, you know, well, I mean, I I took the hard road actually because I did everything I didn't want to do to get here. Well, so so, so you're fitting the ninety nine point nine percent of the people. No, I, I don't know too many people who took the easy road because I don't know if there is one. And you know, I don't care. 
how much money somebody gives you to get going or whatever, there's no easy road. Oh, I, I think the more money you got, the more trouble you're in. Would you like to write a check to me to prove that? He's coming to everybody's dinner. <laughs> What's what? <laughs> He's coming to everybody's breakfast. So I'll be happy. I'll be happy to test that theory. Lack of understanding value of uh, right. whether it's value of things and stuff. And, and and you know so you know I know a friend who comes from money and he drives a Porsche and has for as long as I've known him and and, and his Porsche is just trash. I mean, I so he doesn't value. He doesn't respect it. He doesn't car see it when he comes to my house because I can't stand looking at it and saying, "How can you just not take care of this car?" So I wash it and clean it. That's why he comes up. With That's yeah. a problem. No, no. Well, talk about a <laughs> trained two-year-old. If he knows, if he knows he's showing up every other week. <laughs> what is he your, is. What he is, does. What is your address? <laughs> well, he comes Bill's car wash. Because he comes in to visit his, his, his. He's divorced. He lives out of out of state and comes in to see his kids. So. Uh, we let him stay at our house, and then and, and if he travels, he flies out over here, and then I get his car for a week. Do you find him to be a happy person, or do you, not really? Or what? Do you, no, no. So money didn't mean that to him, right? No, money, money. He because his thought process is whatever it is, I can replace it. Right. If you want to do things that require money within the commercial societal structure we have, money makes doing those things easier Easy. because you have it. Yeah. But the accomplishment um, of it still has to come from within. You know, it, and I had, to, I had to develop a relationship with money. I don't know, we might have talked about this before. But, um, you know, it's because growing up we were not of any kind of means. And uh, you know, that, that whole, oh, you know, rich people are bad people. You know, that was, you know, that's something that's, I now truly believe in, in retrospect and in reflection. Yeah, that's something po people say. <laughs> to make themselves feel better about not having yeah. what the rich people have. And you know, but money is it's a tool. You want to do things. There these things require money. Money is a tool. So you go get more of the tool. It's it's an expiring tool. It's a lot like toilet paper. Um, you, you if if you don't want to leave money's not just a tool, my friend. It, um, I okay then then expand expand on that a little bit longer a little bit more because to me it really is pretty much a tool 